1: We're a month away from the start of college football season and we got you covered here on From the Press Box to Press Row. HBCU football at its best takes place right here. And We're going to talk a lot of HBCU football today here on the program. Going to preview the CIAA and also going to preview the SWAG. The Miac, of course had its media day on Friday and it was phenomenal and w- when you talk about HBCU football I mean you know I don't think we've seen as good a, a a player in HBCU football in quite a long time than A&T running back Tariq Cohen who is box office he's phenomenal um you know I think he I think he'll be a Heisman candidate this year particularly if you know particularly if he does well against against Tulsa and Kent State, two FBS programs. And it's, it's not like we haven't seen an FCS uh, player to make a run at a Heisman in the past. And I think, uh, you know, to me, Tariq Cohen is that kind of player, and not only on the field. I mean, he's put up all the numbers on the field, and, and, and one of the reasons I really believe that he can be a Heisman candidate. I you know, I, I I hearkened back and had a chance to be at the Celebration Bowl last year when A&T defeated Alcorn State in what turned out to be a great game. We talked about this shortly after. The, the numbers in terms of the ratings for ABC, phenomenal. Um, and I think it'll be very good a game this year. I think the Celebration Bowl will be very good a game this year. I believe if, I believe it's going to be on ABC a game this year. And um, what Tariq Cohen, he had three touchdown runs in excess of 70 yards. He had 297 yards in the football game. And more, more so, I think the game itself – was very good, but this young man, not only on the field, I mean, he's put up all the numbers on the field. He's less than a thousand yards from becoming the Mi'ak's all-time leading rusher, and you know, but off the field, this kid is dynamic at the at the Mi'ak Media Day. I mean, he's just so dynamic with the the whole selfie stick and all of that that he has going on. We're going to talk more Mi'ak football uh, in the coming weeks here on from the press box to press run. As a matter of fact. Our countdown to kickoff, this is going to be our 11th season of our countdown to kickoff here on From the Press Box to Press Rose. We get you set for the upcoming college football season, and more specifically, in this case, HBCU football. Um, Next week on the program, you're going to hear from the, the coaches whose teams won conference championships the year before. So we're talking about Gregory Ruffin of Miles. We're talking about Rod Broadway of North Carolina A&T, um, you're going to hear from Fred McNair, the new head football coach now at Alcorn State, of course, Jay Hopson moving on. And then you're going to hear from Kianus Bulware, the head football coach of Winston-Salem State, all four of those programs winning respective conference championships on last year, and that's how we do it on the program. That's how we've done it uh, for going on now 11 years here on From the Press Box to Press Row, and we're going to get you set for the HBCU football season. Like I said, I want to talk a lot of CIAA football today. I want to talk some Tennessee State football today. I want to talk some SWAC football today. Also today here on the program, one of the stories that – one of the bigger stories that I, I I didn't have a chance or haven't had a chance to address that I'm going to address today that I think is very significant is the fact that Merville Melendez, the – Head baseball coach at, of course, at Alabama State for the last uh, five seasons. And then previous to that, what, 10 or 11 years at Bethune Cookman, took the job as the baseball coach, head baseball coach at Florida International or FIU. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the significance of that because, you know, Mervell Melendez is an HBCU graduate. He graduated from Bethune Cookman, became the coach there, so much success. At Bethune-Cookman, I think th- during his tenure at Bethune-Cookman, there was only one time that Bethune-Cookman did not win the MEAC championship. The year was either 05 or 06, and in that year, it was North Carolina a that won the championship. And then finally, you know, it's, it took some time, and we talked with Coach Melendez about that. As a matter of fact, we talked with him uh, shortly before Alabama State or the week that Alabama State participated, of course, in the regionals. They, they bowed out in two games, but, I mean, the success that he had with both Bethune-Cookman and also with Alabama State was was tremendous when you think about um, the programs and when we talk about HBCUs and then we talk about, you know, we talk about baseball, and, 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 you know, we've had this conversation many a times here on the program how there's been a a a steep and quite frankly, tragic decline in the number of black players that are playing baseball. And even more specifically, we see that in the major leagues. And so with HBCU football, or excuse me, HBCU baseball, the dynamic of even baseball is changing. When you look at more of the teams uh, up north, more of the teams are represented. They're more white players. And then when you look at the teams down south, they're more Typically tend to be more black players, but I think as a whole, um, you have a lot less black players playing baseball. Therefore, at HBCUs is not going to be as many. But Mervel Melendez even changed the game to include Latino players um, in HBCU baseball, but more specifically at his stops in at Bethune Cookman and at Alabama State, he he recruited his native. Puerto Rico, I had a chance to, I think I shared this with you all last month, went to Puerto Rico, and, um, you know, baseball is king in Puerto Rico, so he was able to get quite a few players from Puerto Rico. And as a matter of fact, a couple of of his guys um, that played for him um, at Bethune-Cookman went on to, of course, play in the major leagues. So I want to talk about the impact that Mervel Melendez had uh, at Bethune-Cookman at Alabama State, on HBCU baseball, and as an HBCU graduate, now coaching at a non-HBCU Division One program, we don't see it a lot. I, you know, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I, I hadn't really been able to do the research, but I, I believe that Mervel Melendez may be. You know, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm okay with that. Um, I believe Mermel Mervel Melendez may be the first HBCU graduate to coach a Division One non-HBCU program. And FIU has a good – I mean, they've, they've done well. They have a good program. I think it's going to flourish even more uh, under Merville Melendez. I mean, we talk about this a lot. You talk about um, uh, HBCU graduates that have coached on the college level. Um, when you talk about FBS football, I mean, the, the one and only, uh, of course – Uh, you're you're talking about, of course, the one and only Willie Jeffries who was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2010. As a matter of fact, not only he's the first and only HBCU graduate to coach a 1A or now FBS program, and then, of course, he was the first black uh, coach to coach, of course, at an FBS program. And, uh, and of course, you, you look at, now, I mean, I, 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 I when you talk about major college basketball, I mean, you know, I, I'd have to do some research. Obviously, Avery Johnson is the is Southern graduate. He's, of course, the head coach at Alabama. I would have to go back and do some research to see. But typically, a lot of times HBCU graduates uh, aren't given the opportunities that are very well deserved, as a matter of fact to coach some of the bigger programs, so Miraville Melendez has that opportunity, and I think he's going to do very well. I mean, if he did well with less at Bethune-Cookman and at, at Alabama State, what do you think he's going to do? Uh, or conventional wisdom says that he's going to do some big things at FIU as well. If you want to participate here on From the Press Box to Press Row, hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, also on Instagram. Also, hit us up. On Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. I mentioned last week that our our website, our our redesigned website, is going to be rocking and rolling on Monday. May not be, but it's going to be sometime next week. So you always want to check back at BoxToRow.com, BoxToRow.com. Of course, the CIAA preview um, is up. I'm going to talk about CIAA football, CIAA preview uh, up on the website right now. And then, of course, the other previews to come, MIAC, SWAC, SIAC, Tennessee State. We got you covered here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you to all of those listening to us on all of our outstanding affiliates around the country that carry From the Press Box to Press Row. Those listening to us on Sirius XM, Channels 141 and 142, and those listening to us around the world at boxtorow.com. And I'm up against the break. Um, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna talk about the uh, CIAA. But uh, just want to give you the SWAC picks if you haven't heard, and of course the SWAC picks done by the head coaches and sports information directors in the East. Alcorn State picked to finish first, followed by Alabama State, Jackson State, Alabama A&M and Mississippi Valley State in the west, Prairie View A&M, followed by Grambling Southern, Texas Southern, and Arkansas Pine Bluff. I, I'm, I'm okay, I guess, with with the way those are picked, but I, I want to come back and talk a little bit more. I'm going to talk some CIAA next, uh, but then later on in the program, I'm going to talk some SWAC, and to talk a little bit of Tennessee State, and as we get you set for the HBCU football season. Also going to talk some Mervell Melendez from Alabama State now to Florida International as the baseball coach. This is From the Press Box to Press Row. Follow me into our solo, get in the flow, and you can picture like a photo. Make sure you got your radio live the guard rock. Sing the mic, y'all. Hip hop forever. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands. You're so
0: listening to from the press box so to press roll.
1: up So why start my mission, leave my residence. Thinking how I could I get some dead presidents. I need money. I used to be a stick-up kid. So I think of all the devious things I did. Gentlemen, I think we all can agree. We love dressing sharp, but no one loves shopping. Now, you don't have to. Introducing the Harrison Blake Apparel Monthly Club. For $25 per month, We'll send one necktie plus four matching accessories right to your doorstep. Shipping is free, and you can cancel anytime. Visit HarrisonBlakeApparel.com and use code BTR for $5 off your first month's box. That's HarrisonBlakeApparel.com. A Budweiser, America, and Florida
0: Georgia line. I still remember our first big show. Budweiser's in the air. And hearing the crowd sing our song—that's everybody everybody when it really feels like America is in our hands. And when I'm holding a nice cold Budweiser that says America on the front, that too. Cheers! This Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Budweiser beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row.
1: This segment of From the Press Box to Press Row is brought to you by Harrison Blake Apparel. Become a Harrison Blake Apparel subscriber for just $25 each month. You will receive one necktie and four additional accessories such as pocket squares, label pins, tie bars, and more. And this is a great thing. You know, I had a chance. I got my... Subscription and I got my, my box in the mail about a couple of weeks ago, and it came with these great socks and this great tie and this great handkerchief, and it was great. I actually wore it uh, and um, also posted it on our Instagram account at Box2Row, and also we posted it uh, on on my Facebook page. And just, I mean, they just have some great stuff. I invite you to go to their website, harrisonblakeapparel.com. Harrison Blake Apparel. Com. Don't forget Harrison Blake Apparel is a proud supporter of Box to Row and they need you guys to support all of our sponsors on this program uh, as we try to bring you the best in sports and bring you this program something much different than what you typically hear on sports talk radio and sports talk radio programs but in order to do that you must support our sponsors so support HarrisonBlakeApparel.com, HarrisonBlakeApparel.com. And by the way, for you, our box to row listener, type in, at the checkout, type in BTR, type in the code BTR and receive $5 off your first box, a game, HarrisonBlakeApparel.com. Before I break down the uh, CIAA, the, of course, the, our CIAA preview, I mentioned, of course, Tariq Cohen of North Carolina A&T and how dynamic a player he is, a great player. Uh, Of course, don't want to forget about Javon Hargrave last year, equally as good on the other side of the football, probably just not as dynamic off the field, although Javon Hargrave um, (laughs) does a lot of his talking, uh, did a lot of his talking on the field, put up some phenomenal numbers, third-round draft pick by the Steelers, and he's going to do well this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So let's talk some CIAA football and. This is the way. This is the way I look at it. The uh, coaches um, in the northern division have picked Bowie State to win it, followed by Virginia Union, Virginia State, Chowan, Elizabeth City State, and then Lincoln. And I want to break it down this way. I'm going to start with the northern division. Um, and by the way, the northern division has really come up. I mean, you had all but two teams have winning records in the northern division on last year. Um, I, I like the pick of, of Bowie State. I, I personally like the pick of Bowie State. Damon Wilson, as the head coach, finally got over the hump. As Bowie State finally wins a Northern Division, um, this is going to be his uh, seventh or eighth season as the head coach at Bowie State, and they finally were able to get over the hump. They, they're going to miss a lot of guys on the defensive side of the football. Anytime you le- lose a guy like a Anthony McDaniel, who in the, his last two years had in excess of 20 sacks combined, when you lose a uh, a Boxtero All-American like a, a Curtis Pumphrey also at that cornerback position, it's going to hurt. But, you know, I really like – Bowie State and what they're going to be able to do offensively if you remember last year they had Matt Goggins the quarterback five games in he was deemed ineligible he was passing for 312 yards per game but uh, Naima Washington really emerged as the leader of that football team he comes back completed 60 percent of his passes 992 yards Bowie State has always had a running back while they lose you know, a, a lose out at the running back position in Kendall Jefferson. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're they're gonna find a way because their offensive line is good. And by the way, um, uh, Washington is gonna have perhaps one of, definitely one of the best wide receivers, maybe the best wide receiver in the league in Naime Mans, eighty two receptions, one thousand one hundred four yards, and thirteen touchdowns on last year. Um, I, I think. Even defensively, they lost McDaniel and Pumphrey. They still got some guys that can uh, get it done. Uh, Kavon Townsend returns as the leading tackler. He plays linebacker, so I think Bowie, I think this is the right pick, and I also had Bowie State pick to finish first. Uh, Virginia Union at number two, and, and and what was big, I think, for the CIAA last year is that the champion, who was Winston Salem State, had a six and five record. The champion did not make the playoffs. In fact. Two at large berths were given to the CIAA Bowie State, then Virginia Union. To me, it shows that the, the CIAA football is definitely on the come up. And Mark James in his third season as the coach there at Virginia Union, boy, he has really put in some work and, and gotten I mean, you talk about a seven and three mark last year, eight and three this year, a playoff berth. Um, was and and you know, I I think you know I Virginia Union, the only reason I picked Bowie State over Virginia Union, because think about this. Defensively, when you look at Virginia Union, they were second in the nation in terms of total defense. They got um, their two bookends coming back. Miles Pace, uh, Paulin Miano, these guys had 10 sacks each. Who do you block on either side of the football? They got a good defense coming back. And then, of course, when you look at them offensively, they have, of course, their their quarterback, uh, uh, Shaquem or uh, Shaheem Dowdy, who put up some good numbers—almost twenty-five hundred yards passing, twenty touchdowns. He's got to cut down on the interceptions. He had fifteen. But then you have a running back as a freshman, Hakeem Holland, was absolutely phenomenal—one thousand forty yards rushing, ten touchdowns, five point nine yards per carry. Their offensive line is going to be very solid. I, I picked. Bowie State slightly over Virginia Union because I just believe you have to beat the champion. And it's not that big a discrepancy, in my opinion, coming into the season between Bowie State and Virginia Union. But both are going to be very good. Number three, I had Virginia State. And uh, for those that had not heard, I don't think we mentioned it here on the program since uh, the hire of Reggie Barlow. Of course, Reggie Barlow, all of those years at Alabama State. And he's got a lot to work with. He's got a quarterback uh, to work with, Antarian Aries, who didn't have a great year last year. When you look at the years, you know, the year before, and then you look at a couple of previous years before that, Aries was solid. Not so great last year, but let's remember Reggie Barlow, has worked with a number of really good quarterbacks his time at Alabama State when he was an assistant coach. He worked with Tavares Jackson, who, if you remember, going back some years ago, second round pick out of Alabama State by Minnesota, had some success in the league, probably more notably known recently more so as the backup uh, in Seattle, won a Super Bowl, uh, by the way. But so he's going to have a really good running back. He's going to have a very good uh, uh, quarterback that is going to have a very good running game in Trenton Cannon and Kavon Bellamy Cannon, 1,183 yards. I think he was second in the CIAA in rushing last year, had nine touchdowns, averaged 6.8 yards per carry, and then uh, Bellamy is very good. As a matter of fact, Virginia State averaged 221 yards rushing per game last year. It's all going to depend, obviously, up front and with those guys up front are able to do in terms of blocking. And then the Trojans' defense was pretty good last year, giving up second in the league, less than 19 points per game, and got some guys returning there, and they were really good against the run. You know, I just felt like Virginia State um, not quite as good as Virginia Union or Bowie State and Virginia Union, but certainly going to be a contender in the Northern Division. Fourth, Chawan. Chowan had its best season ever, really, Um, And this is a program that has been known more under Tim Place, more as an offensive juggernaut. Not so much last year or the year before, but in past years. I mean, you would see Chawan put up 450 yards per game on average. Six and four record last year, had a win on the road against Delaware State. And I think this year, you know, when you return your running back and your quarterback like Virginia Union and, and and much like Virginia State, that's going to give you a very good chance. Tyree Lee, 1,049 yards, rushing 12 touchdowns last year. Randall Dixon um, completed 57% of his passes, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions last year. Jordan Watkins also got some time at quarterback when Dixon went down. So I think they're solid offensively. Where I'm impressed with Chawan is on the defensive side of the football. I mean, this is a uh, this is a team that perennially would give up, you know, 380, 390, 400 yards per game of total offense. Yet last year they finish, finished fifth in total defense and got some some guys that can make an impact uh, coming back. So I, I, I like Chawan. I, I like them. I don't know if they're on – they're not on the – I don't know. They're not on the level, I think, this year of Virginia Union and Bowie State. However – You know, I like them, and I like them to, depending upon how they start, to be in contention towards the end of the season in the Northern Division. Elizabeth City Stadium, we talk about new coaches. As a matter of fact, there are five new coaches in the CIAA. The dynamic of the CIAA is changing a little bit, where it used to be those old-school coaches, Waverly, Tiller there for so many years, Kermit Blunt for so many years at Winston um, and I'll talk more about Kermit Blunt. Of course, he's back now at Johnson C. Smith. We'll talk about Johnson C. Smith. But Waverly Tillard fired at Elizabeth City State, still two years remaining on his contract, 13 seasons as the head coach, enter Ernest Wilson, the former head coach at Savannah State, who I think was really kind of turning the program around. I just think that, you know, and he even came on and talked about this when we had him on the program from time to time. He just didn't have, I think, the, what he needed in place to be able to take it to that next level at Savannah State. And Savannah State, frankly, has not had any success. Maybe one year they were like five and six, but they haven't had really any success on the FCS level in football other than from a financial standpoint when they make, you know, 800 to a $1 million a year playing those money games and getting absolutely clobbered. Um, you know, it's going to be an uphill climb, I think, at least in the first year. For Wilson. I mean, they got a couple of guys coming back to Neal at the quarterback position, um, but the thing about it, he was hired late so he has to sort of evaluate what he has um, on film to some degree, what he saw in the spring game and then figure out, you know, exactly what he has. But I think I think Wilson, Ernest Wilson is the guy that, that definitely um, can get that done. Maybe not in year one. I don't see Elizabeth City State competing for the Northern Division. Uh, however, I think in years to come, They'll be back on solid footing. The last team in the Northern Division, Lincoln or the Lincoln University, and they hadn't had a winning season since joining the CIAA in 2009. They started, you know, it started out very promising last year, three and one. Unfortunately, lost their last six games, and really what hurt them was injuries on the offensive line. I mean, they got a, a absolute workhorse in Steven Scott, who rushed for 1,258 yards, ten touchdowns. Um, he carried the ball three or four times. That's going to have to change, I think, a little bit. They're going to have to figure out who that quarterback is. They're going to have to, I think, get a little bit more of a balance because, boy, that's that's some tough running for Steven Scott. Um, I just don't think they're going to challenge, but it's a program on the rise. Taking a look at the CIAA Southern Division after this small pause for the cause. This is From the Press Box to Press Row.
0: You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row.
2: That the voice of Ronda Rousey. It was something that I specifically asked for, not just because I wanted to fight for the Brazilian people, also that I really can't stand this chick, and I would rather beat her in her home country on her own turf so that she knew that she lost with every single possible advantage she could have.
1: That's the voice of Michael Strahan talking with us about his college playing days at texas southern
2: you know a lot of guys were probably out there partying and in some cases
0: chasing behind the girls I was working out because I didn't see the Texas Southerners being like my stop. That was part of my journey into where I wanted to go.
1: Kevin Hart, George is here on From the Press Box to Press Room. Now, are you going to return to New Orleans for the NBA Celebrity Game to defend your MVP crown? Of course I am, man. I'm trying a three-peat. Right now, this two-time Celebrity All-Star Game MVP. If I can get a, three, a three-peat, a I'm retiring from the game of basketball. I will have done what no man can do. Adrian Peterson. We're strong, enough. He built us to be strong enough to endure that. That's powerful. It is. Like, that's powerful. That's how easy we put things in perspective and know that,
0: hey, you know, tough times don't come, but if you trust in God, believe in God, he's going to get you through
1: it. Mike Krzyzewski or Coach K, you know, there was an article that came out with the headline stating NBA needs to pull stars from USA Basketball, which is showcasing only Duke's coach. To me, it's absurd because before USA Basketball, Coach K was on the map in winning national championships. However, how do you respond to that?
0: Well, I don't think you have to respond to it because something that comes way out of left field, it's apparent that we don't need USA basketball to help our program. I've won three national championships before being the USA coach and went to numerous final fours and had number one recruiting classes. I think the response from everybody has been, you know, come on.
1: At the voice of course of T I and some hard times down in the ATL though TI
0: and uh, that is understood. It wouldn't be the first
1: <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm still I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're they're not doing too well right now.
0: Well like <laughs> You know what I mean? We gotta hey, 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 look man we gotta we gotta hold it down so we can so we
2: can get it back
1: right again (laughs) we're joined by Serena Williams you were in Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue a couple of years ago you feel like you're a sex symbol (laughs)
2: I'm just Serena
0: and that's all I can be and whatever people think is I don't know. I guess
2: I am I feel honored that they might feel that way,
1: though. Maybe the greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown.
2: Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city, so... I'm glad you brought that particular incident
1: up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh man,
0: thank you for having me. play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. The football league has done so many wonders for myself, and not only me, but the kids and the volunteers and the parents and the people that have been associated with it. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One.
1: The face of women's soccer in the U.S. is Alex Morgan. Phenomenal moments. The semifinal game against Canada, where you scored in the extra time.
2: Everyone's thinking He's going to get to that. And, you know, it kind of fell directly to me into my head. And it was definitely the biggest goal of my career.
1: Jim Caldwell in his first season as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. If a coach is named a coach in waiting, the next year he becomes that head coach. He goes 14 and 2. His team goes to the Super Bowl. The next year he goes 10 and 6. His uh, team goes to the playoffs. And then because of a 2 and 14 record, but part of that record is because certainly one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time misses the entire season season after the end of that season the coach is fired is that fair to that coach (laughs) well you know in this business it is (laughs) because um that's the thing that i think most people that are in it and understand it it's what have you done for me lately at that particular year we didn't win enough games plain and simple he's the one and only darius rucker i
0: love sports i love all sports i watch them all i'm into the world cup right now like everybody else is but us two times a year this football season and waiting for football season. <laughs> right now, I'm waiting for football season. I love it.
1: Oklahoma City Thunder forward Kevin Durant. What about the success that you've had? You're maturing as an NBA player. As one of the young uh, superstars in the league.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. We've been through a lot
1: as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. You know, hopefully we get to reach our goal one day. From the
0: Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU. Sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show
1: out online at www.boxterow.com. That's from the press box to press row, real relevant radio.
0: Doesn't matter what your sport, he talks your language. It's Delaware. From the press box to press row. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the Press Box to Press Row, here's your host, Donald Ware.
1: We're back and talking CIAA football here on From the Press Box to Press Row. In the last segment, broke down the CIAA's Northern Division. And by the way, if you missed that or you missed any of our shows, you can log on to our website, box 2 box 2 Row. Dot com and click on archives to listen to any of the shows you may have missed. In the Southern Division, I you know the Southern Division down a little bit, I, I think, and even last year, um almost, I think almost by default, and, and it's no, you know, disrespect to, to Winston-Salem State or really the Southern Division as a whole, but it's just not where the Northern Division is right now. You know, I have Winston-Salem State picked to win this. I, I just think that um, Kiana's Boulware, first of all, has done a really good job at Winston-Salem State. This is going to be his third season. He was hearing, you know, some noise from the Rams fans, and um, and, 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 I'm, and I've said this on the program many a times. I think Rams fans just need to chill out. Um, you'd have that CIAA championship under Boulware, and this team really needed to gel, and it took some time for this team to gel last year. They started out one and four. They had now, I, and and I, I will say this for Rams fans, you cannot lose a homecoming game to Shaw. Shaw's only victory last year was to was against the Rams at Winston-Salem State's homecoming. You can't have that happen. At the end of the day, however, Winston-Salem State won a championship on last year. I think their quarterback, Rod Tinsley, had an up-and-down year, but he was a freshman last year. And when it counted the most in the championship game, 15 Uh, Of 27 passes, completed 175 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. He was named the MVP. Remember, Winston-Salem State kicked the field goal with two seconds remaining to defeat Bowie State 17-14 in the championship game uh, on last year. Um, You know, they got a solid offensive lineman. It's not, you know, listen, this is not the Winston-Salem State teams that we've seen in years past where they've had phenomenal defensive linemen, Um, Great offensive lines. It's just not that team. However, I think they're the best team right now in the Southern Division. And, um, you know, I picked them to win the CIAA's Southern Division. As a matter of fact, uh, before we go on, let's take a look and see who the uh, coaches pick. They did pick in the Southern Division. They picked Winston-Salem State to win it, followed by Fayetteville State, Livingstone, Johnson C. Smith, Shaw, and St. Augustine's. Um, I'm looking at this thing a little bit differently. I I think Fayetteville State, uh, Richard Hayes is in his first season as the head coach. Um, They don't have some of those horses like they've had um, in years past, and I I know Coach Hayes is going to do a good job. I just don't think they're the team this year uh, to, to finish second as they have the last three years. It's come down to the last game of the season. And Winston-Salem State has defeated them three years in a row. But I'm going to go Livingstone, uh, number two right here. And, boy, I mean, they lose some studs. They lose Drew Powell, who is one of the most prolific quarterbacks in the history of the CIAA. I mean, I – you know he'd have to be near the top. If not, he has to be the all-time leader in terms of total offense. I mean, he had nx he had almost 900 yards rushing last year, passed for over 2,000 yards. The same thing happened his junior year. He's put up some phenomenal numbers, but they don't have a Drew Powell, and as a matter of fact, Daryl Williams in his fourth year. He says the quarterback is going to come down to the head coach who coaches the quarterbacks. So you know. It, he, he's going to have to find himself someone um, that can really get it done. But they have, you know, a decent running game. Jarius Richardson comes back. But where I really like Livingstone and where I think Livingstone has really excelled, especially under Williams, because when you got a guy like a Drew Powell, I mean, yeah, you can throw the, you can throw the football and run it and all that kind of stuff and put up a bunch of numbers, um, but it doesn't mean a whole lot if you can't stop anybody. Livingstone last year. And this is, again, Livingstone underachieved last year. And let's think about what we're saying, Livingstone and underachieving. When they went 5-4 and four last year, by the way, again, this is a Livingstone program previous to last year, ten the 10 years for a 10-year period. They won a total of 10 games. So that, that's really saying something when you say they underachieved last year. But they got a really good defense that was ranked number 15 in the country. In total defense, that uh, last year, I think that's what carries Livingstone this year. And you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Livingstone wins it. I think uh, uh, Coach Williams and his and in the in the guys uh, there in Salisbury feel disrespected because the bottom line is Livingstone was picked to finish seventh overall in the conference and again third in the Southern Division. Wouldn't surprise me if they won the Southern Division this year. At number three, I like Johnson C. Smith. I think, and of course, Kermit Blunt in his second year now as the head coach um, at Johnson C. Smith. I thought for the first year that he did a good job under, considering what he had to work with. He had didn't really have a quarterback to work with, and that really showed because Johnson C. Smith was, was not very good offensively at all. But that defense for Johnson C. Smith was really good, by the way, a key victory for Johnson C. Smith last year was a 37-20 to 20 victory over um, Fayetteville State, who I think I think that, you know, that that really hurt Fayetteville State's program. I think that loss to Johnson C. Smith, they got a young man. He was a Box to Row All-American, a Box to Row Player of the Week last year, and Carlos Thomas, or Carlo Thomas, the safety. Twelve interceptions last year, twelve of them, including four, in the victory over um, Fayetteville State. They got some other guys that can get it done defensively. The question is, Jordan Lane, Harold Herbin, how much have they grown quarterback-wise? I think you have to go with a quarterback-by-committee situation um, for Livingstone, and if they can get over the hump with that and those guys get better, you know, I I don't know if Johnson C. Smith challenges for the Southern Division crown, but I think they're going to be a lot better than people expect them to be this year uh, at number four I got Fayetteville State again alluded to it a little bit earlier um, you know you you lose a guy like you lose two guys like Chris Hubert and uh, Tavon uh, Gatlin who were all CIAA wide receivers and by the way um, sh- big shots out to Chris Hubert um, who went of course in this area uh, he went um, Middle Creek he went to Middle Creek and um, doing some some big things there but they lose a lot there not to mention the quarterback Derek Bryant who threw for almost 2400 yards with the 24 touchdowns so that's a lot to lose and so um, Hayes has to replace all of that but defensively I think they're going to be very pretty good in the secondary I think Fayetteville State is going to be pretty good in the secondary uh, Travis scales at safety and Eric Henderson at corner. Both of those guys, preseason, all CIAA selections. Darius Jeffers at another corner position, picked off three passes last year um, as a freshman. I think they're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be solid defensively, but it is, it, I, you know, I just don't think this year, in my opinion, that Fayetteville State will contend for the Southern Division crown as they had the last three seasons. At number five, um, I got Shaw, and it was just a—you know—this was the worst season for Shaw um, last year since they brought football back in 2002. Only one victory, but again, as I mentioned, the one victory um, was against uh, was against Winston-Salem State on their homecoming. Robert Massey, who was the head coach the the last four years, um, was let go. He's now, as a matter of fact, an assistant at uh, Winston-Salem State. Enter Adrian Jones, uh, who the last couple of years, an assistant at North Carolina Central. You remember um, in 2015 when we ranked North Carolina Central's recruiting class number one, a lot of that had to do with Adrian Jones. He had another stint. And and remember, North Carolina Central, um, back-to-back co champions, and you go back to 05 and 06, he was part of that program under uh, Rod Broadway. Um, Also back-to-back CIAA champions. And by the way, he coached at Southern, he was a head coach at Southern High School uh, in Durham for seven years. They won the state championship on the 3A level in 2013. So this guy is a winner. But he's got a lot, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done um, at Shaw, um, especially on the offensive side of the football. Defensively, they got some guys that return. Dwight Campbell, that defensive tackle. Um, I really think that cornerback Bruce Parker Jr., who had five interceptions last year is more than one of the more underrated corners in the CIAA. Um, they're gonna have to figure out that corner uh, that quarterback position. But I'll tell you what, they got a guy coming in, a running back, Tevin Perry, who played his high school ball at Bun High School, the same high school that Tariq Cohen of North Carolina AT went to. Very much the same build, 5'7, 165 pounds or so, tough, fast. While at Bunn, he rushed for 2,336 yards, 29 touchdowns. I, I, you know, look for him maybe to have an immediate impact on the program, but I think it's going to be um, more of a, 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 of a building season for Adrian Jones and the Shaw Bears. And then St. Augustine's at number six. Tough for St. Augustine's last year, by the way. Their only win was against Shaw last game of the season. Um Some difficulties at Saint Augustine's when you look at the coaching situation. Michael Costa uh, fired 2014, one game into the season. Michael Morand comes in. Uh, Then two games into last season, Michael Morand fired as the head coach. Enter Tim Chavis to replace him last year. Now he's become he's had the interim tag taken off. You know, I I like Saint Augs defensively. I think they got some pieces kind of to work with. Uh, right there, when you talk about the, the defensive lineman and Darius Goodman, and um, you know they they put uh, Chris Roberts back to his defensive end position, where they go now to the four three scheme coming out of the three four quarterback. Gotta be better. Julius Murphy, D.J. Johnson are guys that are gonna be back. The offensive line needs to be rebuilt. So I think it's gonna be an uphill climb for Saint Augustine's, and I just don't think they're gonna be the team to challenge this year. That is a look at the C.I.A.A.'s. Southern Division, of course, in the last segment took a look at the CIAA's Northern Division. Still to come here on from the press box to press row. Gonna take a look, a small peek at the SWAC as well as Tennessee State here on the program. Your thoughts can be shared on Twitter at Box to Row. B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Also on Instagram, as well as on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R O. W, we're back That's after this. Nice, sir. Pete. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Kick in Yes, past test made facially. Third basal express KMD. Three blind mics on sight. Sev Lover gave it the first light. A grin shows a trick up
2: a sleeve. Uh-oh. What a single web they weave. Deceive it, super fun fable. So let's make it. Hey guys, listen up. You know that women can't resist a well-dressed man, right? But dressing dapper isn't easy. It takes time. And you have to shop at the store and wait in long lines. Until now. Here's an easy way to get that irresistible dapper look. Join the Harrison Blake Apparel Monthly Subscription Club. Each month they'll send you one necktie plus four matching accessories for only $25. Shipping is free and you can cancel any That's right, for $25 you get one necktie plus a pocket square, socks and other accessories with free shipping. Since you're a box to row listener, we'll sweeten this deal. Use code BTR at checkout and get $5 off your first monthly box. Sign up by visiting harrisonblakeapparel.com and click on the monthly subscription tab. That's harrisonblakeapparel.com to order now.
0: The following is a message from the Bud Light Party. Work. We all know it sucks. But this Labor Day, we salute work. Because without work, there'd be no Labor Day. And there'd be no Bud Light. Because no one would be working to make Bud Light. And without Labor Day, there'd be no reason to stock up on Bud Light. So this Labor Day, get your co-workers together and raise one to not being at work right now. This message approved by the Bud Light Party. Raise one to right now. Enjoy
1: responsibly. Bud Light Beer. AB St. Louis, Missouri. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. You never know who may be a guest on the program. We are joined by Ice Cube, one of the greatest boxers of all time. Sugar Ray Leonard is on the line. We're joined by DeMarcus Ware. We are joined by Wendy Raquel Robinson. Art Shell is our guest. Maybe the greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. I'm talking about none other than... Than common, Mark Moriel who's the president and CEO of the National Urban League, CEO, commissioner of the CIAA, Leon Carey. None other than the world-renowned Smokey North. The godfather of go-go, Chuck Brown, joins us here. Talking about none other than Doug Williams. Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. Missed any of these interviews? Check us out online at www.boxterow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, Real Relevant Radio. It's Donald Ware,
0: From the Press Box to Press Row.
1: You are tuned in to From the Press Box to Press Row. In the last couple of segments, been breaking down the CIAA, and as a matter of fact, looked at all 12 of the CIAA football teams what to expect this year. Um, I'm going to look at the SWAC now. I'm not going to look at every single team. I, I'm just going to kind of uh, uh, break it down a little bit. SWAC football is always extremely exciting and, and, and a lot of really good players in the league, and this year should be no different. As the uh, coaches and sports information directors have, uh, they see it this way in the Eastern Division. They are picking Alcorn State to win the East, followed by Alabama State then Jackson State, then Alabama A&M, and last, Mississippi Valley State. In the Western Division, Prairie View A&M, Grambling, Southern Texas Southern, and Arkansas Pine Bluff. And I, I probably would definitely agree with the Eastern Division. I think Alcorn State's got a lot of really good players returning, including quarterback Lenores Footman, who, I mean, you talk about putting up some magnificent numbers. I mean, he rushed for over 1,000 yards. His passing was was very good, I thought, last year, and I think he's going to be really good. I, you couple that with Aaron Baker coming back at running back, solid offensive line. Fred McNair, the new coach, great offensive system. Their defense is going to be very good. I, 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 I agree with that, although I really like – I do like I, – I think Alabama State's going to be extremely competitive this year. Anytime you got a guy like a Courtney Berry, the linebacker who was the uh, player of the year, has been two-time box to All-American, this guy just makes plays. He makes a bunch of tackles. But I, I, I do agree, and I think Alcorn State is the team to beat. I do think uh, Jackson State uh, will be below uh, certainly Alcorn State and even Alabama State, then Alabama A&M and Mississippi Valley State. In the Western Division, you know, and and I actually was wrong last year. My thought was since Southern two years ago had won the Western Division, they had everybody basically, uh, you know, everybody coming back, especially on offense, Austin Howard, Leonard Tillery. I thought that while Grambling was the, maybe the more sexy pick, Jonathan Williams at quarterback, I, I just thought coming into last year with the preseason, I thought you had to, you know, in my opinion, I think you give it to the uh, team that won. If it's if it's you know a a if if both teams are equal, which I thought coming into last year, um, Southern and Grambling were equal. Obviously, I was wrong. This year, um, Prairie View A and M is the team. I mean, um, I, I I and I and I would agree. Actually, I would agree with that simply because. You know, as good as I think Grambling State is going to be, and they have, of course, one of the preeminent running backs in all of the conference in Martez Carter, who's a first-team all-swag preseason selection. Um, You know, when you lose a guy like a Jonathan Williams at quarterback, I mean, that is absolutely huge. He was the Box to Row uh, National Offensive Player of the Year last year. He threw for 37 touchdowns, put up some absolutely phenomenal numbers um, but I, I would agree that Prairie View and I definitely would would go with Prairie View A&M this year. This is sort of the issue that I'm having with the selection of Prairie View AM. And then when I look at the all SWAC team, it doesn't gel and unfortunately wasn't, you know, wasn't able to make the SWAC Media Day this year. But the first team quarterback for the preseason all SWAC team, and again. You know, guys are going to use this as motivation. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. But, you know, it's all about that recognition also. So Austin Howard, who, you know, listen, had a really, really good rookie year. Really, really, really good rookie year two years ago for Southern. You know, had a a solid year last year. I mean, I think he got off to the slow start but ended up coming – Around So, I mean, he ended up having, I think, a pretty solid year, you know, but Prairie View finished ahead of Southern. He's Austin Howard is the first team quarterback preseason. And then Lenores Footman is the second team quarterback preseason. You know, my question would be, why isn't Trey? You know, first of all, I would ask, why isn't Trey Green first team? But even if he wasn't first team, Trey Green from Prairie View A&M. He should at least be second team. He's on neither one of these teams. Let's look at some of the numbers. I mean, the numbers don't always bear out everything. But the fact of the matter is, Prairie View A&M had a phenomenal season last year under first-year head coach Willie Simmons. They were really good. They're on a six-game winning streak. They're the hottest team coming into this season right now in the SWAC. If you look at some of the numbers, Trey Green led the SWAC in yards per game. 261.4, just two-tenths of a yard ahead of Jonathan Williams. Howard was third at 208.4 yards per game. Howard, 16 touchdowns um, to four interceptions. Green, 21 touchdowns to three interceptions. Now, pass efficiency, Howard had the better pass efficiency, 155.6 to Trey Green's 150.6. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference there. But again, to me, it doesn't, you know. So, so, but, but, Southern is picked to finish third. Now, I know there's some other variables there, maybe with Southern's defense, which, you know, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a great defense. I think it may have been an improved defense from the year before, but it wasn't a great defense. So it doesn't, it doesn't mesh for me. And I think, you know, when you have a guy like a Trey Green who came on like gangbusters, who did what he did, if you want to have the respect. for, for Austin Howard. I'm all for that. I mean, I think he's earned the respect in two years at Southern. He did really come on to you know in the second half of the season, if you will. I, I'm okay with that. Lenores Footman as dynamic a player, and this young man's a dynamic player. I had a chance to see him in person at the Celebration Bowl last year against North Carolina AT. He is all of that in terms of what the numbers in fact said. I had a 1,023 yards rushing. He he is you know definitely with his legs very good I mean he unseated John Gibbs jr John Gibbs wasn't hurt the rest of the season he got hurt in the southern game he didn't he wasn't hurt the rest of the season he didn't play because uh footman was so good it, it didn't have anything to do with that um but you know it still remains to be seen some of his he's a dynamic player still want to see him complete more of his passes. I'm thinking at least Trey Green's second team. I mean, you know, if not first team, he's got to at least be second team. I think everybody's going with the guy that was really hot, which is okay. I think Lenore's footman is a dynamic quarterback. You know, one of the things I would question with, um, with, with that or with the preseason teams is the fact that uh, Trey Green is not part – is not on the team at – quarterback, at least on first to second team. Everything else I'm pretty okay with. Leonard Tillery has been picked as the preseason offensive player of the year. The running back for Southern, he rushed for over 1,200 yards. Was really good for them. As I mentioned, Martez Carter is your other running back on the first team. Your wide receivers Chad Williams of Grambling, Daniel Williams of Jackson State. Both of those guys are tremendous, tremendous uh, wide receivers. Two of the best, obviously, in the in the in the uh, in the swag, you know, uh, and, and for me, uh, um, Ivy, uh, Lamonte's Ivy from Jackson State deserves consideration. I know everybody can't make the team, but I mean, he was putting up some great numbers, um, 275 yards passing per game before he went down with injury with three games remaining uh, in the season. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, when when it's all going to be said and done. It's going to be Alcorn State in the East, and it's going to be, um, uh, it's gonna be, of course, Prairie View A&M in the West, break down more of the Swack as, of course, we get closer to the start of the season. Taking a look at Tennessee State, and boy, this may be an uphill battle for Tennessee State. I think they got a good team. The OVC, it, it seems like maybe, not seems like, but maybe the last four or five years, I mean, the OVC has really come up. Jacksonville State, who won the conference last year, they participated, of course, in the national championship game. They lost to North Dakota State, their favorite to win the conference again this year. I mean, you know, in Tennessee State, part of this resurgence with Rod Reed in terms of the OVC being a power conference. I mean, you know, I think it's going to be tough. For Tennessee State this year, uh simply because, man, I mean, you got so many teams that are so good. But, you know, I really like O'Shea Ackerman Carter, the quarterback. Um, you know, he was on the all-newcomer team. I mean, he his you know, he can do nothing but go up good size, 6'3, 215 pounds. Um, you know, he's got an I think an elite quarterback, I think more the more the underrated wide receivers in Patrick Smith, 54 receptions, 996 yards. And 10 touchdowns uh, last year. I mean, this young man, you know, you're talking 20, almost 20 yards per reception. They're going to need to be able to get some kind of running game. Telvin Hooks is gone from the program. I think um, Coach Reed has a couple of guys that he wants to plug in there. But, you know, for Tennessee State, it's always been that way. Certainly under Rod Reed, it always starts up front with that offensive line. You got Thomas Burton coming back at the center position. You got Kevin Kenton coming back. At the uh, left guard position, uh, but they lose a guy like a Shaq Anthony, who, you know, who who played well on that offensive line at the left tackle position. And then defensively, defensive end uh, Ebenezer Agundeko, uh, who's been named the conference's preseason player of the year, had 52 tackles, 10 for loss, five sacks uh, on last year. I think the defense is going to be pretty solid with eight returners. Um, man, but Tell you, Tennessee State's got its work cut out for itself. But I think it's going to be a better season for Tennessee State this year than it was for last year when they really, really struggled. Only one win in the conference on last year. And I think you're going to see them do much better this year, four and six overall for the Tigers on last year. So that's a look at Tennessee State, a look at the SWAC, a preview of all twelve teams ciaa wise, and uh, you can, of course, read about it. Log on to our website, box to rowcom box to rowcom read about the C-I-A-A, we're going to in the coming weeks, have the SWAC previews and the SIAC previews and the MIAC previews and the Tennessee State preview as well. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Again, for more information on From the Press Box to Press Row, log on to our website, box Tell five friends about the show. Also, follow us on Twitter at box B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, where you can also find us on Instagram. And follow us, or friend us, I should say, on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, r o and always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications.
0: my neck. I'll do